0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. You for the 150th time. Hello, everyone. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd. Welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. The chairshot.com. Always use your head. And that's right, 150 times. The bandwagon has graced your internet airwaves. And uh, wow. Dave, they keep letting us do this. They keep letting us be on the Chairshot Radio Network.
2: Thanks. And they keep... They, thanks, Greg. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to
1: say. Hey, thanks, Greg. Hey. Thanks, Tony. And, and, Tunny. Well, and
2: well, thank you to our 27... Oh, wait. 28 loyal listeners.
1: Oh, yeah. All 28 of you, we could not have done it without you. I I even decided because it's, you know, 150th episode, I repped the brand. That's right. I went to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot ages ago. Actually, ages ago. I've had this shirt. I've worn it before, though. But I invested in us and invested in a Bandwagon Nerd shirt and and helped the company rep to the brand. That's right. Um, We um, are we are here.
2: I keep forgetting, but I have to remember that.
1: Dave, hey, you know what? It's pathetic. It's sad. It's pathetic. You're the you're you have been on more episodes than anybody else on the bandwagon, too. Like you've missed like two shows, maybe one show. I'm not sure. You like missed a show once and called us from the parking lot at Disneyland to be <laughs> on the show. Like that's of the bandwagon nerds, you are the nerdiest, sir. Like you really like, people say I rule this show with an iron fist, but you're really, you're really
3: Listen, the guy. This whole network started with a phone call from a parking lot, okay? so
1: uh, Whoa, I don't need to know That's about your, your, a bit personal, ambiguous. your personal business. That's right. And everyone, you do hear the voices of the rest it's of true. the bandwagon for episode 150. Uh, the live studio audience, Mr. Saturday Night, PC Tunney, basically an OG at this point. And the Reverend himself, Rick Cash, back after a couple of weeks... Uh to at least be here for a brief stint for the for the opening segment, great to, to help us uh I guess ring in one fifty. Here's the thing, guys. I know I'm a big party pooper because I was like, eh, I don't really feel like making this episode all that special. And you look at the rundown, the episode's really not all that special. The episode is basically a typical episode of bandwagon nerds where we're gonna raise our glasses to ourselves at the end of the show, kind of pat ourselves on the back. But you know, I know there's a game. Some of y'all want to play. I'm in, uh, but I, you know, for 150, I just wanted it to be us. I wanted it to be us doing what we do, while we do it as we do it. In six episodes, we wrap up our third year, which is kind of crazy to think about. 150 episode, 156, three years of bandwagon nerds. And again, things things. If you would have told me back when when we started this whole little venture that one, I'd be hosting this show with Dave. Two that we would have gotten to a hundred episodes, let alone one hundred and fifty, and beyond the airwaves for what, unless something catastrophic happens, will be three years of nerd talk. Uh, I would have called you crazy. So, look at us go. Uh, Rev, how how are you doing? Uh, how are your Ravens doing? Are you watching? Are you watching your Ravens on any on any level?
4: Don't have the luxury of watching them consistently, but I have Red Zone on. Mac Jones just scored a running touchdown. I know that sounds crazy, but we got 50 episodes of Bandwagon Nerds. So, Mac Jones scoring a running touchdown is not that far fetched. Um, You know,
1: it's been a historic weekend for sports in general. I mean, Albert Poulos hits 700 home runs, and Mac Jones scores a rushing touchdown.
4: It, 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 look, it, weird things happen, but, um, true. I'm doing good. By the way, I wanted to say, I know, uh, last week, uh, so the week before, uh, you guys called yourselves the OG3. Well, since I'm here, can, are we just the regular OFO? Is that what we are? The regular OFO? We're the Fantastic what, Four. You're fantastic, Ray.
1: Oh, look at that. Look at that love. And just for Thank that, we wouldn't be 150 episodes if we didn't do somebody whether it be Tony or Ray, or in this case, both Uh, kind of feel like we accomplished a lot there, Dave. Uh, Yeah. So I I will confess not particularly, we're not going to do anything particularly special Uh, for this week's edition of bandwagoners. We are going to wrap up the umbrella Academy. Finally got to, got to the end of that season, season three. We're going to, we're going to go to the trailer park and then just a lot of news around the nerdosphere. Things that I feel are kind of worth talking about. We did get some, Netflix had their event, and nobody knew it. Nobody cared. Their what is it? They call it the Tadum event uh, to imitate that noise that that the app makes when you turns it on. And there were uh, there was at least one newsworthy announcement in, re- in sort of in relation to this podcast because there was some Witcher news. We cover the Witcher as the seasons drop, so I figured that was worth a little bit of talking about. But other than that, it's just um, it's just news around the nerdosphere, and then a little bit of a love fest to us. Who knows? We may have a couple of other folks come into the call later. I don't know. I'm not gonna hold my breath. If they show up, great. If they don't, well, fuck them.
4: Are we are we sacrificing the virgin before or after the the trailer park?
1: No, that's not until uh, episode 200. You are
3: confused. Damn, I'm early. My bad. Okay. Sorry. We're sacrificing also, her also...
2: in a real trailer park, right?
4: That's <laughs> Oh, snap. Oh, on goodness. location. I
3: mean, if this was an p- episode of Pot is War, I'd be like, well, she wouldn't be a virgin by the time we get to sacrificing oh, her. But this God. is not – I wouldn't say that, though, here. This is not Pot is War. So. Uh, necessary. That's something I wouldn't say.
1: You wouldn't,
3: huh? Yeah, I was – I didn't say I just – I wouldn't
1: say Okay. You know, it's nice that after 150 episodes, nothing changes on this, on this program. Like we, we, we are nothing if not consistent. So Tony,
2: your they, inner, got monologue, that inner monologue's not working, Tony, just putting that out there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what, what'd you call me? Your inner monologue. You
2: know okay.
1: what? You know what? This is why we won't do any more not milestone episodes. I think, that, I think I'm done. No more milestones after this. We're just gonna, we're just gonna call, we're just gonna call it an episode. Just kidding. No, I did. I did kind of reach a conclusion that um, this may be the last on the 50 milestone episode that we talk about. At this point, we we are an established brand. We don't need to we don't need to pat ourselves on the back every 50 episodes. So, you know, we'll pat ourselves on the back on episode 200. We'll pat ourselves on the back when we hit episode 300, which I've just kind of conceded that I'm going to fucking well die at the laptop. Um, But we're skipping 250. Nope. Nope. I did not
3: I like, to, I, fist, I, like to, I like to celebrate every 10th episode on DWI. I've been doing that for eight years. Well, I mean, hey, look, it's episode three, 340. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Let's go, indeed. Well, anyway, let us go to our first topic of the show, and that is the season finale of The Umbrella Academy, season three, episode 10. Dave, I got to go back we gotta kind of come full circle that after we talked last week about you or being you being right now you're kind of wrong and I'm kind of right but I don't think I'm right when we debated on who was going to die or and in this case they're not dead they're just not around right now but you had said you thought Luther was gonna die I was like no way Luther dies in episode nine and then we'll just fast forward all the way to the end the universe resets in some way, shape, or form, the Umbrella Academy, and only the Umbrella Academy, uh, comes out of the Hotel Oblivion into a reality where Reginald Hargreaves is standing atop a skyscraper building next to a lady friend. The umbrellas are depowered. Luther is not dead. However, his beloved bride missing so i guess i guess the first question is is she dead or is she just no longer did she never exist in this reality because those are kind of where i've gone right now dave I'll, I'll go to you first since you predicted luther's death and yeah i didn't you predict, were kind of right
2: i didn't predict his uh slim down resurrection His resurrection yeah exactly Jesus act. but um i would say i don't think sloan is dead um <clears throat> something obviously happened there because, like you say, only the umbrellas survived. But is that the umbrellas Ben who came out of there, or is that the sparrows Ben who came out of there? Because he had the attitude of the sparrow is Sparrows Ben. I don't know, but I think she's somewhere in there. It it seems to me like <laughs> the only one who got exactly what she wanted out of this whole deal was Allison, of course, and everybody else. Well, is just normal people. At least they got their limbs back.
1: And she made she made the deal right. Like, God, what she was wanted. this the deal? Was this the deal that she wanted? You know, that they, uh, Ray's nodding over there. Ray, what do you think?
4: It was absolutely the deal. Yeah. That's, she, did, she didn't expect for Luther to get killed to have, for it to happen. Well, I guess you could say Klaus for, to get killed for it to happen. But it absolutely was the deal. And I'll tell you why it was the deal. It was be, because while they're fighting the Guardians, Allison is inconspicuous for a good portion of that. And then when Reginald tells them to stand on the seven star, seven star crown thingy and Reginald is doing a little bit beep, 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 boop, boop, boop the little Tony Stark shit. He's basically putting in coordinates of what's supposed to happen when they reboot the universe. Right. So, like, there's a reason Allison got not only her daughter and her husband, but her husband took back to in her house and the rest of it didn't get nothing because she made the deal to be the one. She was Judas.
2: Think about the seven people who stood on the stars. Allison was not one of them.
1: Nope. Well, he stopped her. She went to do it and he said, Not you. That's true. Oh. And, and here's the thing is, um I, I I hate Allison at this point. Like, and I think you're supposed to. Like, like, and we'll I, learn. Yeah. Right. Like and and I even I do appreciate that it was kind of a head fake on a redemption. Because at the end, it was still her means. Like, like she got her ending, even though she, quote-unquote, saved the other umbrellas. Wouldn't
3: Would the three of you do anything, though, for your for any one of your kids?
4: To, to that question, Tony, to be fair, again, she earned every bit of ire that she's drawn. But she's also been the only one who's lost everything.
3: I'm not even talking about comparing her to anybody else. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I... Any parent would probably do almost anything for their kid, right?
4: Sure, but when I say she's lost everything, I, that she's the only one who had the push to even think about doing this. Luther never had nothing, right? right but I'm, never more, had nothing. I'm specifying it
3: down I'm specifying it down to the kid because like you can say everything and if it doesn't involve a kid, it doesn't carry as much weight in my opinion.
4: Sure.
1: But I, the, kid is, I would the argue, kid is part of it. I would argue Victor lost as much as anybody like Victor, yeah, Victor Victor's started. Fault.
4: What? But it was Victor slash Vanya's own fault. I'm just saying like Vic, Victor had love, had a family,
1: had an opportunity, not a full family. Like, but there, there there was a decision that was made and she's, she's had to live with that in the way that she, or well, sorry, he managed that trauma uh, It's just very different than the way Allison did, and I don't know. I just it's interesting with all this preaching of family, and you'll be in L.A. I'm not saying that I don't understand Allison. I'm saying I resent the the, the direction of the character. I'm actually happy, honestly, that it wasn't full the full redemption that like Allison didn't somehow completely see the light in in, in that whole do you trust me moment at the end of the at the end of the episode that. Really, at the end of the day, even when it was all said and done, sure, Allison betrayed Reginald, which may have been part of the plan in the first place. Uh, because Reginald's still standing at at the end, like Reginald's not dead, and in fact,
4: Reginald's got a partner, his wife. Yeah, the one that was on yep. the moon. Abigail. I, just to put to put a bow yep. on the Allison thing from my perspective. Um, I don't think Allison knew that what was going to happen to the rest of the umbrellas, which is why she said, do you trust me? She just knew what she was going to get out of the situation. But also to put a bow on the other part that I was going back for for Tony and with you, actually, Patrick, Victor absolutely lost as much as as comparable to Allison. But my point is Allison was a victim in every situation. Allison never had a part in any of the bad stuff that ever happened to her right Allison was was again remember the very first season the only she was the only one who was nice to Vanya. Vanya sliced the throat, she can't talk lose the the, the ability to rumor everything that happens she goes back in they get pushed into the whatever the sixties or whatever it was. now she's back again who live, lived a life where she was normal now she's back in civil rights days, gets a husband gives up her husband to go get her daughter, then loses her daughter. She was a victim in everything of it, so she literally lost her mind. She said, I've done everything for the family. Been the only one who's done everything for the family, and now it's time to do something for me. She's still in the wrong, but I I, it, it, I, think they played it in the perfect sense where you can understand the best villains are the ones who think they're heroes, so they're doing right. And she sure. very much is justified in what she did. It's just she did it for the wrong reasons.
1: Where was Ben going?
4: Probably to figure
3: out if he could get back into the, uh, sparrow Academy somehow.
4: Wikipedia says he was going, Wikipedia says he was going back home to Seoul. Let me, let me
3: ask Ray a quick question because he's not going to be around for the rest of the show. And, and we had kind of a, a, an interesting conversation. This was a while ago, Ray, you said you told me, I think me and you were just conversating about it in, in a DM or something. That you would be happy if the show would have ended where it is. You didn't need another season. Absolutely. Me, I like the fact that we're going to kind of see. Like, I think everybody's reality is reset almost completely, as a except for um, Allison, right? Mm-hmm. And I, somehow they all got to find their way back to Hargreaves and 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 Mrs. Hargreaves, right? Somehow. So why why are you so content with where we left? Would you rather leave it to your imagination, and you don't want to see what else they're giving us here, or you didn't really, lo- you really weren't enticed by the ending leading to another season?
4: I, the it, the ending just didn't feel like it was necessary to end, to lead to more. Yes, there's the con- the story of what happened to Sloan, but again, Sloan isn't an original character, so you know people live, it, people die every day. Be to use that phrase, but I think every I think every good show. Should end with some ambiguity. I don't think every show. I don't think a show should end with every question answered. So fun. because what, is there, what, is, there, what is, there, is there to talk about? So everything they did, everything, right? They've been through everything. Now, now they're at a point where the one thing they always wanted, they got. They got their lives. They got their lives back. They don't have no powers. They can do whatever they want. They got their lives back. So at this point, what else is there to do?
3: I gotta tell you, I wouldn't be one of those people that would be disappoint that that I would be disappointed. I mean, if I lost, if I had powers and lost them, I'd, I I would want to keep those motherfuckers. Let me tell
4: you. Well, they but but okay, that's fair. That's you. But look, that the beauty. Me. Look at all of the back and forth of the three seasons. That Luther was he, he was depressed partially primarily because of what his of what his dad did to him, right? The only one who had a power they was cool with was Everson. Uh, Diego maybe too, but Diego got a family now. I don't really care. Five was pretty good with his power. But Five never had a chance to do anything else. Five never had a chance to live a life, because when he was 10 or whatever age he was supposed to be that Aiden's playing, he was gone. So he never had a chance to live his life. So for now we can maybe he can grow up. Maybe he can live a life now. It's not too not too dissimilar from Sprite in the Eternals. He can live now. I thought you were talking about
2: Sprite the the soda for a second there. I'm like, what?
4: Well now in a now in a clear plastic bottle. Bandwagon is sponsored by Sprite. I'll take it. We will gladly take Sprite <laughs> sponsoring yeah. us. Yeah. Don't even
3: Don't threaten us with a good time.
4: Man,
2: I tell you that'd be awesome. But uh See, I, I kind of, I'm in Tunney's camp on this one. I don't think you could just leave it unresolved like that. I mean, I know what you're saying, Ray. They got their lives back, but there's so many questions. Like, where is Sloane? Where is Ben going? What is Hargreaves really? What is his end game? Okay, you've reset the universe, and now you're this. Basically, it's like Biff Tannen in the alternate Back to the Future timeline, standing at the top of the fucking towers, ruling the world. Um, it just. To me it's like okay, there's there's still a few questions. I'm glad I'm personally I'm glad that we're gonna get one more season at least to try and tie up these loose ends and let's see see where we end up, you know. But I, I get what you're saying, Ray. They they do have an opportunity to just kind of be themselves.
4: And I suspect some of the group will embrace that. Um At the end of the episode they all the only one who didn't was Victor. That's why everybody walked off and they were like, I right, cool, well, I guess we go live now. And- so they kind of did it. Patrick. You're Here, right. Here's the
3: thing
1: is the end of yeah. that, the end of that episode allowed it to be set up for either direction. That's, mm-hmm. that's really what this comes down to is at the end of the day, they put together a, a final episode as if they didn't know whether or not they were going to get a last season. And in doing so, they created an ending where you could, you could walk away from it being, um, how do I describe it? You could walk away from it having a conversation and being like, okay, this is an ending. I guess that's a satisfactory ending. And yet you could still speculate on what does it all mean? If, if that makes sense. So from my perspective, I think it, it was a good move um, and, a, and a fine ending. And I totally understand like if that had been it, I could have lived with that. Like a little bit of dissatisfaction. It would have been a bittersweet end by, by my account, but I also didn't have a problem. I wouldn't have had as a big a problem. Now, the nice thing is we've been announced for a definitive and final season four, which is a rarity in Netflix in general. Usually things just unceremoniously get dropped. So we got that going for us. That episode is that, that, that episode is coming that, that final episode that will feel final. And that's a good thing. So I, I like that. Um, we never did get an explanation. I'm gonna I'm gonna go episode. things up. Like what were these cockroaches? Like that's other than that they control zo- the weird zombie the weird zombie samurais?
3: Like that's gotta be part of um Hargreaves alien like homeland or something, right? Like he made this whole place to be there to reboot everything, so he knew that these or though, I, I don't know, maybe that was just the, the ambience or the essence of those warriors that were in there, because that's what was inside the... Uh, is it is it his home planet's, like, enemy, maybe? I, I have no idea, but sentient
1: cockroaches or something I did not have on my bingo card. I'll say that.
3: I mean, I that, thought cockroaches were powerful enough in their long-lasting eternality. <laughs> they're, they're immortal.
4: Yeah. That is a good question, though, because if we go back with all the information we know now, if we go back to the very beginning of the series, he had been training the sparrows for one thing, and that was to go through that hotel door and get over there. So that had been the goal of his the entire time he had got the sparrows. In fact, you could argue that was the reason why he wanted to get the sparrows in the, in the beginning. So was only was the entire and only goal of old Reggie to get back to his wife and why there and why the fucking guardians? I, yeah, that's that's the only thing and in, in that that we saw that I have questions about. I could care less if Sloan is alive or not.
2: Don't care. So heartless, Ray. No sense of romance at all.
4: God, just bastard. I mean, she's not an original.
2: Boo this man, Patrick.
3: Yeah, boo that asshole. <laughs> Vintage villain, O'Dowd.
1: Yeah, you don't, you don't, I don't, I, the Sloan story was nice and it gave a nice element to Luther and his character development and it will drive him in the final season. I like Sloan. Like, whatever, she'll come back. It'll be fine and, and it's okay. You'll, you'll get over it. Promotional consideration. Pays- Just kidding.
2: Oh, we are going to go to our first commercial
1: break soon though. Um, as as we're coming up on, on our 30 minutes overall, though, season three of Umbrella Academy, Tony, I think you said this was like your favorite that you've seen so far. Did that, that hold true all the way across? Dave, you're nodding. Ray, so we'll start with you. Just a, an overall thought of season three of Umbrella Academy and how this one went.
3: I mean, think about the previous um Shows we've been watching and, and reviewing, and where I've kind of been like, we've gotten to this point, like, okay, I'm kind of done with this lock and key Witcher. I'll be kind of done with this with this one too. Okay, good. And then we get to Umbrella Academy now, and it's like, oh, wow! Thank you for finally giving us something equal to or better than the first two things you gave us in the third thing that you gave us. So. I have faith in them. I want more of those characters. It, like we, like I always say, it's the cast, right? It's the cast and the story, and this is a good cast and a great story. This was a great year. The wedding was fucking an amazing episode. It was so fun. So, yeah, I, I could go on for a while, but that's the essence of my fandom as we move forward to season four.
2: Dave, what about you? Yeah, I thought oh, the, sorry. Uh, the characters really evolved a lot this year, and, and they stepped out from what, what they were I mean the first two episodes first two seasons were great um this this plot there was a sense of mystery to this one that I felt was missing with the first two seasons I mean the first two was like okay how are they going to solve the apocalypse this had a different kind of mystery going on where the apocalypse it wasn't so much about how you're going to survive it it's how are you going to evade it that sort of thing they knew that there was no getting away from this Kugelblitz, blitz and so I thought that sense of mystery was bigger The Lila Diego story, the evolution of that was was really good. Stan was excellent. Uh, The they handled the Vanya Victor transition flawlessly. Um, There are just a lot of things that they did. The introduction of the sparrows added a whole new element. It just this season felt deeper and just I I felt a lot more connected to these characters this year than I did the previous two seasons. It it was. I agree with Tony. This is definitely my favorite season of the show so far.
4: It is really hard to have a TV show with upwards of 10 plus major characters important to every single second of the plot to not only make them all different and have their own ideas and their own kind of face in the show, but to evolve them regularly and to give them different plots and different things to do that all... Is in in its own right individual and congruent to the better bigger plot. That's hard to do. And the Umbrella Academy, I think this this season, all seasons, but this season particularly, did it flawlessly. Um, yeah, you know, I was questioning was did I like this season better than last season because last season was fire too. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I think this season was the best of the three. This season, I like what you said, Dave. It really did have an air of mystery to it. There were in the past two seasons, there's a beginning and an end. We know where we're getting to. We just got to get there. This wasn't quite that. Like, we knew where we were getting to, but it was more of a how do we get there and why do we get there um, more than past seasons. So, yeah, it was, well done. Fantastic stuff. Just A's and stars all across the board.
1: For me, this is the best season because it's not a redux of season one the way season two kind of felt. Season one and season two are very, very much about Vanya slash Victor, and that that sort of consequential power and managing that, along with the, it, you know, whatever the hell Number Five was doing, to to kind of just fuck everything up. So this one really, in my mind, did a hell of a better, jo- hell of a stronger job protecting or uh giving other characters the opportunity to kind of truly shine and, and truly, as Dave pointed out, and as Tony pointed out, truly develop. They really took them in some good directions that allowed them to grow. And I think that's part of, you know, we're going to watch like locking keys next, Tony, and you know it, and I'm sorry. And, but I would say part of the problem that you may be experiencing with locking, hey, relax, it's their last season. It's the final season. After this, it's all done. No more locking key for you. The guy who suggested the show and made us watch
2: it in the first place. He's prejudging anyway. it before he's even watched an episode. Patrick,
3: Patrick, I, I i am the law, and yet I made you watch that show. You can't you have both, sp- my friend. You can't have both. I, as the law, I
1: absolutely can have both. Like, this is my world, and you're just living in it, son. Like, I don't understand how you don't understand. Oh. This, is, this is just – it's – it's, it's crazy how, like, the more things change around here, 150 episodes in, the more things stay the same. Iron Fist, sir. Well, it Iron took, Fist, the it number one villain us, on the Chairshot Radio Network. Yeah, it only took us
2: 149 time. episodes to find your theme song, Patrick. Anthrax's I, I Am The him. Law, which was perfect. I made him. That's perfect for you, by the way. That was all no. for you, buddy. Judge Dredd is
1: my hero. Anyway, my point here is that if you look at Lock and Key, for example the characters themselves are, are frustrating because they're 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 pretty static in, in kind of what they've done and their behaviors and their and their tendencies and i think that one of the things that has happened with umbrella academy is that the exploration of these characters has been you know multiplied four to five times over in this last in this past season like there's just so much more that's been done and i think that's been good and rewarding so there you have it folks umbrella academy season 3 in the books Season four is coming. It has already been announced that it is the final season of umbrella Academy. So we know we are coming to a conclusion and that is a good thing. If you ask me next week, we do start Tony's favorite series lock and key wrapping up its run on Netflix, which means we don't have to worry about Ray being on the first segment of the show for the next nine weeks. He can can just roll roll in.
3: Patrick his. You know, his eloquent, uh, you know, remembrance of each episode of Lock and Key is phenomenal. It is
1: is award-winning podcasting, if you ask me. Like,
3: it's good stuff.
1: Uh, He he can use that extra time to watch Flash Gordon or not watch Flash Gordon, because we know that hasn't happened either. But, yeah, we'll, we'll kick off the final season of Lock and Key next week. I, for one, am interested to see how it finishes just based on the final episodes and, and where we kind of left things off so i i am looking forward to it i know dave enjoyed season two uh and really tunny's just you know the sticky wicket in this whole operation and that's okay so ray you said you were going to be here for this segment and then you had to take off Yeah, uh, 150 episodes you've been here for a lot of them Ah, uh, thank you for the time you've been able to put on the show and, and the the participation, of course, and you know, we'll see you for another one hundred and fifty. Any final thoughts and then tell anybody, you know or tell everybody out there how they can listen to you on the Cheshire Radio network and follow you on the socials.
4: Well, thank you. Um, let me start off by saying this of the seven days out the week, Sunday is the absolute worst day for me to do anything, and I make time. Practically every Sunday for this. And I don't want to make time. But I don't make time because I feel burdened or I feel like it's a job. I make time because I truly love this podcast. I love these guys. I love this idea. This show is the most fun show that I do or I have done at any time during the week. This show is a release. This show is. I've learned more from this show than anything else I've ever done in my career, quote unquote, of being someone that people read or listen to on the Internet, whether it's five people or 500, doesn't matter. Um, But, yeah, this is my favorite thing I do, and it should be yours because you guys don't understand listening. I know we just we you'll get the show two hours or so. I hope it brightens up your day whenever you listen to it. But I don't think you truly understand the work that we put behind this thing. The the research that we put into doing this, the arguments and the discussions and the debates we have privately to try to get you the best content possible. The hours, and I mean hours, it takes sometimes to put down a perfect rundown for you guys. So the work we put into this, for episode 100, we thank y'all. For episode 150, I want to thank us. Patrick, Dave in particular, and Tunney and DPP and Sop and Platt and everybody involved. Greg, too. Thank you, Greg. Particularly you two guys, because I've I have been an editor. I I currently do my own podcast where I do the editing and the 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 posting and all that and the research. It is not easy work, and to do it without ever missing a show. Every Monday you can expect to get bandwagon nerds on your chair Shop feed or whatever your podcast medium is. I want to thank us because we do great work here and I really hope people listen and people we grow from 27 or however many it is. But I really do because we do great work here. I think we do fantastic stuff, have great debates, great arguments, great ideas. Some of our uh our. Fun shows or our theme shows, or some of the best theme shows you'll listen on any podcast you can find on the internet. So, I, I, I want to give a shout out to us. Thank you, too. Thank Chair Shot. Thank Mr. Chair Shot Radio PC Tunny. Um, yeah, y'all don't know, but Tunny's really the boss. That's an open secret. Y'all don't know that, though. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm proud of us. I'm proud of y'all. And I don't have a glass in front, in front with me, but, man, here's to 100, another 150, man. Cheers. And, by the way, on today, just don't worry about following me. Go follow Bandwagon Nerds. That's all any of us should say today. We have every other day, every other week, every other month to promote our own stuff, our own personal ideas and things like that. Today, all we should all say is promote at Bandwagon Nerds. That was at
3: it's pay Cash from at the Outsider's
4: set. As. Oh. Bitch.
2: Ray, are you changing your all handle right. to at death to Ming? Is that what your new handle is going to be?
4: <laughs> I, no, I'm I'm a fan of Ming the Merc. I'm, I'm a fan. Of, well, I was going to be real Ming mer- the I was going to say, I love King Haku. Different. Tongue and death grip, baby. Different Ming, but that's all right.
1: Ray, thank you very much for being on episode 150 I love, uh, I love having you on. It's always great when you're on the show. Uh, And I do appreciate your insight. And even though nine times out of 10, you know, you and I don't agree on a lot of stuff when it comes to things like, I don't know, A-list villains. Uh, You're good. You're a good voice to have. You know, it's a lot of fun, so.
4: Yeah, and, if, and it wouldn't be as fun if we agreed on shit. Like, just the fact that we disagree on so much makes it so much more fun, and, and it makes me excited to come and get on here to give you guys good yeah, it's, it's
1: It is good podcasting when you can disagree with your brother and shake hand afterwards. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day recording. Now, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. We'll catch you later, all right?
4: Can you be oh. it- Thank you, oh. I did think we wouldn't boo you, did you? I was gonna ask that you would boo me on my way out, so I would feel. Yeah, see, there they, oh yeah. Bye. Now
1: you just have to leave. Yeah, now leave. <laughs> Talk to you Wednesday. And he's gone. Later, Ray. Hey, we hardly knew hardly knew you. All right, we're gonna take our first commercial break. When we come back, we are gonna jump into the tra- trailer park, and then a lot of news around the nerdosphere. You are listening to bandwagon nerds number 150 here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three,
0: two, one. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts, galore. Everything progressing. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com
1: All right, everyone. Welcome back. Before we dive into that beautiful banjo, uh, a quick quick production note. Dave, I think it's my fault. The static is my fault uh, that, that we were reporting. But I'm not hearing it on my recording. So I'm going to listen to my recording and send you mine. And maybe you can just edit my recording. I'll send it to you. Be the old Wii transfer. We can fix it in post production. We'll it's, see what happens.
2: It's it's not that noticeable. It's only only. Oh jeez! Now
1: suddenly, suddenly can't have my recording. You see that? You can send it how, if you uh, want. See how that went away? Send it if I want, and I'm the villain here. I'm Still the villain? that same old
3: loving couple after 150 episodes. That's true.
2: Oh my not gosh! One and Fern, you know what? Not one Fern Gully reference show. That's
3: Believe true, that?
1: but Dave, oh. it does. You know. They, <laughs> It, it was impressive that we didn't have any of that, and, and with no uh, with no plat here, there won't be any Margot Kidder jokes. So just a, a lot. I do feel like this is somewhat of a hollow 150. But us bickering, I do think always works, and and it allows me to play this sound soundbite just just because. So I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. So yeah. All right. All of that is to say. For the 150th time, actually not the 150th time because the banjo wasn't in episode one, but for whatever number of time, it's time to head over to the trailer park. We got five trailers this week that I was like, I kind of want to watch. Five. Give me five. That's, I know, yeah, see what I got? A little five by five reference there. Yeah, you see what I did? I'm proud of me. Anyway, play that beautiful banjo, Dave, and get us into the trailer park. Here we are. So I mentioned this uh, up at the top of the program at the very beginning of the show that Netflix did have kind of their equivalent to like, you know, D23, but their style or like DC fandom, but their style. And and a couple of years ago, we actually got excited about this event, the Tadam event, where they would reveal trailers and footage. And there is some. Interesting stuff. I, I I happen to spend a little time on the Netflix news feed yesterday uh, on Twitter. And there are some cool videos there worth checking out. Uh, but so a few of the videos that we have that we're going to share are coming out of Tudum. A couple of the trailers I'm sharing are coming out of Hulu. Uh, one in particular shared by Mr. PC Toney. I Actually, I don't know. Dave, you may have shared the other Hulu trailer that we're going to go over today. Uh, and, and then just... One, we, we were talking about Dave Batista, and how the you know the Renaissance and transformation of Dave Batista. And wouldn't you know it, we talk about him one week on an episode, and then another trailer comes along, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" But before we get into all that, let's start with one of the first trailers that popped out. It is spooky season right now, as we are heading into Halloween, so you get a lot more of those horror movie trailers, or in this case, horror series trailers. And not disappointed in this one. I am intrigued by this first trailer that we got premiering soon on Netflix. A show called The Midnight Club, which follows a teenage girl who is suffering from a from cancer, I do believe, and is desperately searching for treatments. and And locates this place. It's almost like a retreat where it sounds like there's experimental research being done. On sick, you know, terminally ill um, teenagers, children, and they go to this house. And while in this house, of course, spooky things happen. We're surrounded by ghosts, and and it it was weird. Here's what was funny: is as I watched this trailer, I actually thought of an old Nickelodeon show from when I was a kid, from uh, Nick at Night, Saturday Night Nick, and that was uh, the old uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark." The way like these kids sort of gathered around, yeah, it was like spooky time with all these kids. Uh, but it seems like they've unlocked way more than they bargained for. Here's the thing: is this is this is gonna probably for me fall victim to the oh my gosh, there's too much content uh, stuff. But I I can't say that this didn't intrigue me enough to put on the rundown because there's a good atmosphere and ambience and and uh you know almost like a house on haunted hill sort of feel and vibe that looks like this could be a suspenseful ghost story thriller more so than just sort of out and out horror. And that I know is something that resonates with, you know, Tony. I know it resonates with Dave a little bit here and there. Uh, so fellas, your thoughts on the midnight trailer before we get into some more out and out horror, let's start with uh PC Tunny.
3: It It is an interesting, um, concept that they have where you know you basically you get to go to this house because you're dying right and then you know i guess that's kind of where the supernatural uh powers and and phenomenons come in you know why these kids keep going to this house so it's an interesting concept it is along the lines of a lot of kind of different youth horror kind of slash uh, teenage drama kind of thing going on as well. So they check a lot of boxes for viewership, I would say. Um, but, I, yeah, like you said, I, I, even if it wasn't for a lack of content or, or for a for a, a surplus of content, I should say, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily be one of the consumers.
2: Did you say Utes? The two Utes? Is that what you said? Two then? Utes.
3: Listen, Yana.
2: <laughs> uh I love I love the trailer. The fact that you got uh, the Toadies Possum Kingdom as the as the song wrapped around is, this trailer that's thank a thank
3: you. I forgot about that is that, a yes. big selling point so and a big help bonus. Me, Jesus,
2: yeah. I know. I, I at first when they were saying, I was like, you know, what are you going to take her behind the boathouse and show her your dark it's, secret?
3: What the hell's going a, on here? Would you guys agree though? And I'll shut up and let Dave talk. But that is one of the greatest riffs in in yeah. you know newer rock the oh, yeah. part from that song but ding, ding, yeah
2: i love that ding, song ding. um i yeah. mean they got played too much but it's still cool to see it in a movie but um, uh, or the series but yeah this looks this looks really interesting the uh they go to the hospice and, and like i like the part where they're messing around with her about the basement and kind of ribbing her and then when she's gonna do it they're like no 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 really seriously no, no really don't go down don't there. go down there um you know, so, <laughs> no, no we
1: we're just fucking with you by fucking with you yeah like, exactly. like don't do it no but like, um, what are you
2: thinking yeah this looks like it's got definite potential like like you guys are saying this may just be a casualty of there's too much shit on already I, I i have to etch out time to watch this but i you know just got the trailer i i wouldn't summarily dismiss it as putting it on the back burner it's definitely good enough from the trailer to get my attention to say you know this might be worth making the extra time to watch it so yeah well done i found it very interesting
1: yeah and and just in time for like i said just in time for spooky season just in time for for halloween in october when people are really going to watch what what's being put out there so speaking of spooky season speaking of kind of where we are in making films and entertainment a lot of horror franchises have gotten sequels and reboots in recent memory, be it whether it be Halloween uh, child's play is getting a new life on. do so, that show people are watching that show like crazy on sci-fi. Like people fucking love it. And it's, it's been a continuation. So Dave, you can roll your eyes all you want, but Chucky is an icon. You're stuck. And, and what's crazy is if you would have told me that Chucky currently would be more iconic than Freddy Krueger which I would make the, the argument it's there. Chucky is more iconic than Freddy Krueger right now and is getting the airplay to prove it. However, Hulu is jumping into the horror film renaissance revitalization projects as we now have our first trailer for a remake that we were anticipating, so this isn't a surprise, Hellraiser. Clive Barker's Hellraiser. And let's, let's get the elephant out of the way. Pinhead's different life will move on however the trailer itself right in keeping with previous installations of the hellraiser franchise here's the thing that i find really interesting about this whole series is the concept has never changed there is a puzzle box that you shouldn't fuck with because it promises you untold you know glory and riches or whatever you undo it you release xenobytes The Xenobites then torture and kill you and, you know, flay your skin and enjoy your flesh and all these other horrible, carnal pleasures led by Pinhead. Everyone dies and somebody somehow figures out how to put Pinhead back in the box. The end. You know what's great about this series, though? It's a rinse and repeat series that makes money when they do it. Like they put it out, doesn't, you know, slew of direct to video sequels. Uh, It has been put out in so many different iterations. This is the latest installment. Dave, you shared this trailer, I do believe. So I'm going to hand it over to you first. Confession, not going to watch it because I don't have Hulu. So until it comes out on, say, a Blu-ray, not going to catch it.
2: They do have that bundle. I'm just putting that out there for you, Pat. But
1: You do. Um, I-, I know you got that bundle.
2: I, look, Hellraiser is from you know, my decade my era the late 80s um and and the original hellraiser straight up one of the most psychologically unnerving movies that i've ever seen and yeah okay pinhead's different but really an entity with pins in their heads how different can you really be at that point it's the same sort of thing but yeah i i like you're saying it. the concept is very basic there's a puzzle box you shouldn't mess with it they mess with it i did like in this trailer where the guy's like if i solve this do i get a gift and the I guess his dad or whoever's like, no, but I do. Um, And I thought that was very, and you got to remember this is the series that, you know, coming from the movie that had one of the most, (laughs) one of the most iconic lines of all time. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. I mean, let that wash over you for a few moments and think about that. So uh, yeah, if they're going to turn, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do it, you know, how they've been able to, I don't know if update the product is the proper word, but you know, how they're gonna bring it into the modern times and and um and do that. But yeah, like you're saying, Pat, everything in the trailer, there's lots of aspects of that trailer that have that old Hellraiser vibe, you know, the the chick sitting there in pinhead just, you know, anchors shooting out and latching onto people and doing all sorts of fun things to people. So yeah, this is uh this is right in keeping with the season. I'm I definitely wanna check this out, whether I've got time or not. Don't know, but Tony,
3: Tony, you you put up a big X.
2: No, did you have a real injury? Is that what you're saying or or what?
3: Yeah, go home. No, I was saying you could skip me on that. That's kind of what that you're going to skip, Tony, because
1: Tony's going to skip this movie.
3: Yeah, it's just not for me. I'm not going to comment on it one way or the other, because you guys know that's just not my genre. Like, I enjoy it when there's some kind of thriller suspense element to it. We'll get to that actually shortly. But just the out-and-out horror, sorry. Not for me. I can appreciate you enjoying it. Fair
1: enough. Okay, so this second trailer, also a Hulu series, we're going to shift genres. We're going to comedy. This one was actually posted by Mr. PC Tunny and is a show that is currently streaming on Hulu. Uh, I know that Tunny has started watching it. I'm not sure how far along he is. I don't even know how. Real quick. How does Hulu release shows? Do they do episode at a time or do they binge watch
3: you? So they drop the first three right away. And then you get one every week. So the fourth one. Kind of the Amazon model. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're watching um Welcome to Wrexham with Ryan Reynolds, it's also on Hulu. They did the same thing. So Fridays you get that or late Thursday night, whatever. So much like She Hulk's available Thursdays for most people that don't that aren't Ray Cash and only sleep an hour at a time. Um, this is available for Fridays. Um, cool. I, I loved it. I, I, thought I, it was I gotta, you haven't
1: you haven't told them what the trailer is yet, Tony. I I just, oh, just jumped right in. Oh yeah, my yeah. bad. So the trailer is for a sitcom <laughs> called Reboot, which is telling the story of a what well, looks like a young T V producer who wants to reboot a classic sitcom from the eighties. Looks like a riff on step by step. Uh, was kind of the, the sitcom that I thought of as I watched it. It has Johnny Knoxville uh, in it, and I can't remember. The woman who plays the, the woman lead, she's famous, but I can't remember her name.
3: Uh, been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, I don't remember I her name either. I, she was in Two and a uh, Half Men a couple times as a recurring character. Yeah, at for first I thought Sheep. it was like it,
2: Leslie Mann, but it's not her. It's somebody different. Definitely not Leslie
1: Mann. Well, here, Tony, now you can talk about it because I've I've dropped the name of the trailer. Why don't you tell us about it, and I will IMDb and look up who it is.
3: It is Judy Greer, by the way. Um, Or it's
1: Judy Greer.
3: (laughs) Of course. Well, I, after watching this, tweeted out, um, you know, reboot on Hulu. Uh, It's like Arrested Development meets um, Episodes. And the actual Twitter feed for the show Reboot replied to me and said, yes, it's as if we made a TV baby. So you can trust me when I tell you it is Arrested Development meets Episodes because Reboot, the show, agreed with me. Um, It's excellent. It is exactly that. If you've seen Arrested Development, it's that with adult expletives and humor even more so. And then it's kind of in the episodes realm where you're watching these people who are acting, act as actors acting on a TV show, right? So it's behind the scenes of the TV show. The whole concept is that young writer, her father is actually Paul Reiser, is also on the show. So if you didn't know that, yes. And he actually wrote the original um, show, and it's a story about him. And it's the story about the family that he ended up having after he left his first family and his daughter is from the first family and wants to put some of those darker nuances into this show. So um, it's it's great. Um, there's also lines in there. I've told you guys such as give me four dildos and a metronome. So, you know, you can count on some good quality humor there uh, lying on both sides of the fence. It's it's good. It's fun. They're half an hour check it out you won't be disappointed keegan michael key johnny knoxville great chemistry
1: dave go ahead your thoughts on this trailer did you did you check out the show at all Oh yeah
2: i haven't watched the show i watched the trailer because i know tunny was very uh very high on it i'm not that Tony was high but he was very high on the show i can't wait for bwn 420 that's just a side thought but uh you know with <laughs> tunny was uh talking very much
3: Somebody's got to judgment, be judgmental
2: liberal. I know. Somebody's got to be. I'm, really just, I'm just
1: saying, like, come on. You can be more creative than a marijuana 420 episode joke. You're better than that.
2: Well, actually, I'm not. Uh, maybe. Okay. I mean, maybe you're not. Maybe you're <laughs> yeah, not. But I'm not. Maybe, actually. Maybe like, the more I thought style... about it, I'm like, no, not really. Uh, but no, I, I think. I, I, my mistake. With uh with Tony. Tony's hard. With, yeah, with Tony talking about this and, and um I watched a trailer and I thought, oh, yeah, this this looks a lot of fun. Like, yeah, what? what happened to all the people from like full house and, and family ties and all that thing 30 years later. And we bring it back full circle to do a show about that. And you can imagine that, you know, some of these guys would have these issues. I, I mean, Bob Saget, rest in peace. You know, we, we saw how he kind of evolved from where he was to the stand-up routine, but I thought this is a really fun trailer. This looks like definitely something I, I got to check out. Uh, the cast is tremendous. It's um. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I'd say, okay, this one I absolutely have to make time for because it looks really funny and really entertaining.
3: Some of the best jokes before, Patrick, I know you want to round this out here, are that the kid that was on the original show is now, like, just entering adulthood. So you get a lot of those jokes as well. So it's just really well-rounded comedy, in my opinion, from a sitcom point of view and being able to have that license to do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, it looks it looks really good. It looks funny. Uh, if uh, it wasn't on Hulu, I would probably check it out on time. We'll get there. And uh, and maybe I will, uh, I'll give it a look-see at some point. All right. We're going to go back to spooky season. And I mentioned this before. We talked about Dave Batista last week on this show. And kind of the who would have guessed that of all the former professional wrestlers in the world that could – sort of make it in acting and show like some range and depth and be a hot actor to, to cast Dave Bautista would have been one of the last on my list and, and, you know, saw him as, Oh, Hey, look hired, hired muscle background guy, sort of, sort of the roles you saw him first get cast in. But here we are M night Shyamalan's newest flick trailer comes out called knock at the cabin. Which follows a couple with their with their daughter going on a vacation to this cabin in the woods. The daughter is playing by herself, and she sees Big Dave approaching her and approaching the cabin, has a little interaction with them. Later on in the trailer, daughter is in the cabin with her dads, and there's a knock at the door, and it's Dave Batista. With three other people, they knock their way in. You know, they basically break down the door, force their way in. And Dave seems to be taking on this, like, cultish leader sort of role, saying that he doesn't want to do what he's about to have to do, but he believes he is stopping the apocalypse. And... Pretty tough. Dave is very I like I feel like Dave Batista carries this trailer. Like he's intense, he's unnerving. You know, we get a juxtaposed images of him where he is talking to the little girl and introducing himself in the forest and seems almost kindly to where he is at the end of the trailer with this family tied up. And I'm like, M. Night Shyamalans had a resurgence, old seemed to do well. He's had some other movies, uh, recent movies, that have have really kind of helped revitalize his image in a way that is positive. This one looks intriguing to me. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Knock at the Cabin?
2: Yeah, I think, like you're saying, Dave Bautista, um, the range of him as an actor, the more I see of him, is really starting to become impressive, because you look at you know stuff he does like uh with with some of the things in the Bond films and then you've got Drax the Destroyer and then you've got Army of the Dead and now you've got a role like this which is is you know even more like wow okay he's really pulling this and carrying this like you said Pat this cultish figure really well and he's got his acolytes minions followers whatever sitting around him but yeah this one and Night Shyamalan like you're saying Hit and miss has been, you know, more hits than misses the past couple of years. Um, and this one looks like just from the cast alone. And I, I know I recognize the other people who were there with him, even though I don't know him by name, but just looking at the cast and looking at what Dave does in this two minutes that he's got on screen, really powerful. And I think this one's got the potential to be one of uh, Shyamalan's better movies. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we're all a little bit biased because of how we feel about Bautista, but um. yeah this one again spooky season this is right in that wheelhouse
3: you know it's funny I, I would say one of his better acting roles was um the insane asylum kind of nurse movie with um Jodie Foster I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but around the same time he got compared to The Rock as an actor as well and, and he said you know basically no offense Rock's the biggest action star in the world but I, I, I'm I'm an actual actor. Uh, there's a big fucking difference, and to be honest with you, there there is a big fucking difference. And Dave Batista's done a great job of of differentiating himself. Um, granted, I'm sure we we'd all like to be the horrible actor that The Rock is and make that kind of money and be future like uni- the first ever unanimous president of the United States or whatever. But it's but good on Batista, man. I mean, really, a big fan kudos one one thousand percent and i i want to see this i want to see it
1: and that's saying a lot because this is not a movie that looks like it'll lend itself to 3dness
3: i'm 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 a fan of shama a -a ding dong though so you know
1: there is that that. as well as we're not talking about that one where the trees kill you i'm okay all right last film on the trailer in the trailer park today as i said it was a jam-packed trailer this was a late edition because i was thoroughly entertained by this trailer and it is a trailer that showed up on to dom on netflix's event it's scheduled to be released on december 30th it stars john boyega jamie fox and tiona paris it's called they cloned tyrone and I'm going to tell you the strength of this trailer is based on the first 10 or, you know, the first like 30 seconds where the three of them are in an elevator. Jamie Foxx is singing in the background and then Tiona joins them while John Boyega stands in front and just looks annoyed as shit. Uh, and then you see that there's this big conspiracy and mystery that is being followed and we don't know what exactly is happening. A uh, couple of the other people that are cast in this movie, uh, David Allen Greer and Kiefer Sutherland, also cast in this film. Basically, the, the premise for this is a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy that clearly involves cloning in way, some way, shape, or form. I'm intrigued by this, especially if it just is a movie straight to Netflix on the strength of the of the main trio alone, the cast in the main trio there, Vega, Chris, and Fox, they look like they're a lot of fun. And that elevator scene, and as they bust out into that lab, they look like they're having a lot of fun. Dave, tell me I'm wrong.
2: No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, it, it does look fun. It, it's kind of like, hard to get a real grasp as to what's going on from the trailer, which I guess is the idea. But yeah, if you're looking at movies that check the creepy box and the fun box uh especially this time of year then this one looks like it's got certain potential that's for sure i I like the cast i mean it looks
1: like a mystery more than anything like more of a thriller
2: yeah like they start start off in one direction and end up discovering something completely different but um yeah it it looks a lot of fun i'm I'm not sure this one's on my i'm definitely sold list but i'm interested yes
3: tony yeah i would say you know jamie fox is always entertaining although he's just done a lot lately um i guess it's just weird because you know he was he was a comedian and and, and a sitcom star and then became a big ki- big time box office star and then there was streaming and then there was covid and and now it's like really hard to differentiate like what's a big big thing or gets made a big deal of anymore so i know it's lucrative to go ahead and do these contracts for multiple movies with netflix but a good way to get PC Tony to stop paying attention to your movies to be honest with you because it kind of gets lost in the shuffle as opposed to like oh hey everybody's talking about going to see this in the movie theater so if if this gets reviews it is more likely for me to see it but i'll bet you dollars to donuts it falls to the wayside unfortunately even though it looks great
1: well i will be watching it so i will let you all know how it goes come december 30th because i think it looks quite interesting and a lot of fun and uh, you know science fiction i'm in that that is all about it okay that's going to do it for our trip to the trailer park we're going to do one little bit of news from around the nerdosphere before we go to our first commercial break and that was a what i would argue a fairly significant announcement uh made to uh made this week where we learned that james earl jones is retiring officially as the voice of darth vader now, all that means, for the record, is that he will no longer be doing recording work. And in fact, in our last iteration of Darth Vader that we saw on um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he uh, he didn't do a lot of the voice work. A lot of that was generated voice work uh, done by this company. And I'm going to see if I can find the name of it. Um uh,
2: Respeak or something was something like that.
1: Right. Uh Re uh, which is a Ukrainian AI audio company. They they Lucasfilm and Re will still use their plans for Vader with Jones and sort of heed his advice on how to stay on the right course, because they still do have his voice on some level that they can use to reproduce Darth Vader. But this, I mean, for the films, this is a huge deal. You know, we haven't. James Earl Jones hasn't done the Darth Vader voice for some of the animated stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like, I don't think he's been the voice of uh, Darth Vader during uh, Rebels entirely. I'd actually, you know, honestly, I'm going to look it up because I could be wrong. But it's uh, it's a it's an end of a of an era, and just kind of another indicator as we record this on Mark Hamill's birthday that. You know the the OGs, like, we're we're losing them with Star Wars. Dave, I'll let you go first. You shared this article, in the first place.
2: Yeah, it's sad. It's inevitable. Uh, you know, I, I think it's something that, you know, you take for granted a little bit. But I, I mean, what what is James Earl Jones eighty now? Something like that? Ninety one. Ninety one. Holy shit. Um, yeah. I let the the guys earned it. Uh, and and I think you know you've got the technology. We saw. If you watch Maverick, you saw kind of what they did with uh with some stuff with Val Kilmer in that one, because Val can't really talk at all. Or I don't know if they even did any I don't know, they did something with him in that movie. But uh yeah, I it's it's I, I think like the article was interesting. Uh yeah, they pointed out a lot of speculation that Hayden Christensen may have done the voice work in Obi-Wan Kenobi and they modulated it to sound more like James Earl Jones. It you know, they've got the technology to do that stuff right now, and James Earl Jones has set the template for, you know, Vader's voice is going to be considered to have to sound a certain way. He's established that. They've got the technology to to mimic that. So it is, it it sucks because it is the end of an era. And like you're saying, all the OGs are, are getting older. Uh, thankfully, most of them are still with us. But, you know, like we've said many times, Father Time, still undefeated. And this is another victory for him.
1: Interestingly enough, as I did look on... IMDB it does say it does credit James Earl Jones as voicing Darth Vader for Star Wars Rebels. So that's
2: yeah, I could see that he might have done stuff with that. Yeah,
1: it's only five episodes, so it's it's also not a ton. Uh, Tony your your reaction to kind of the end of an era in Star Wars?
3: I mean, is it? Think about technology, right? They own the rights to everything he's done already, and you know. The way AI is, and you, you brought it up, the company that's doing it already, you're basically just going to hear him. And I don't know why he wouldn't put his okay on that either, right? You know what I'm saying? And at some point, you don't want him to keep doing it. He's not going to be able to sound that way as he continues to get older. So, it, you know, I, I would say that the right thing would be maintain that integrity, but do it, you know... With, with AI and do it synthetically and it, I think it could still be fine I mean that's the voice you want to hear that's the voice that's in your head when you see just the the head of Darth Vader you know what I'm saying that the helmet that's that, that that's what you hear right
1: and, I mean and that character is not the same without that voice like at all like that that voice is as much the character as the look of the character itself so you know, it is, it's one of those things, that it just, it's really struck me a lot lately as some of these folks have either passed or stopped being, you know, active, and James Earl Jones, as, as you noted, Dave, has certainly earned the right to retire, you know, nine, 91 years young, like, I'm impressed, I'm always impressed by people who have continued to go and act right up to the end, Burgess Meredith, one of my favorite actors that man literally acted until he died. Like, I remember him in Grumpy Old Men. And, you know, he was old. Betty White. I tell you, he was way up there. Betty White. Yep. Exactly. Dick Van Dyke. Still dancing right now. So, anyway. We're going to take our second commercial break. We come back. We're going to cover some other news around the nervous sphere. Before we get to our recurring commercials, it is my duty to remind you. Um, I'm wearing the shirt today. Uh, But if you love what we do and you love the content that we put out on your internet airwaves every single day, then head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and help us support, you know, help support our brand, help get our name out there by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and investing in us and investing in a chair shot shirt. You can get a Bandwagon Nerds branded t-shirt if you love our show and want to rep us. You can get share shot logo shirts that just rep the entire network we appreciate that too say you hate greg demarco well guess what we got you covered there's an everybody hates craig shirt maybe you're a wrestling fan and just like me and greg you hate baron corbin get the baron corbin sucks shirt they're all there great designs all kinds of options for you to choose from they're only 19.99 for a t-shirt or if you're feeling fancy Want something that feels nice on your giblets? Get it soft style. Your skin will thank you later. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Help us get our brand out there. Get that name out there. Rep us. We appreciate all the support you can give. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. When we come back, more new news around the Nerdosphere and then some talk about 150 episodes of Bandwagon Nerds. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the
3: following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
1: All right. Welcome back, everyone. See, episode 150 of Bandwagon Nerds. We are in the midst of news around the Nerdosphere. No fancy music, no fancy noise, no echo effects, just news. And this latest article that I'm going to share is about, back, uh, is about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And actually, Dave shared it with us in the chat. I had read it uh, and kind of went back and forth as to whether it was a big deal news thing or not. But basically... There is a rumor going around that Black Panther may not get released in France due to France's laws requiring films to be in theaters for X amount of time before they go streaming. And Disney slash Marvel maybe not wanting to wanting to do that. And since French laws, it's here it is, French laws require theatrical releases to wait at least seventeen months. Before being added to a streaming service available in the country. Which means. No films in Marvel Studios Phase phase 4. Have yet made it onto a streaming service. In the country. Disney Plus or otherwise. So it's already something that's happened. In that. It's you know. Movies have been released theatrically. But they're not being streamed. And it seems like this is a question. Disney's facing about whether it is more valuable to release Black Panther Wakanda forever via streaming only in France or chasing the revenue of a theatrical release in France and making a wait 17 months. Tony, you're carrying a smirk about your face right now. So I'm going to let you react to this idea that Black Panther Wakanda forever, which will probably be the biggest movie of the MCU this year in terms of dollars, to be released not being released in France
3: um can I do I i just like to ask permission to um uh ask you guys a question sure you can ask a question does any whoever on this show gives a flying fuck whether this movie is released in theaters in France raise your hand I'm not I'm not the, the fact that we're talking about it but I'm like you know what let me give you the American answer. Who gives a shit? As long as I can see it, that's, you know what I'm saying? But that's like, that's the, that's the American consensus, you know, general thing. Um, Google French military victories. Then you'll see how hard these people actually fight for this to be, you know, released on streaming. Cause you, it'll re- redirect you to French military defeats. I, there's so much material here that I can't stop. So I'll just stop. But I mean, come on, really? That's, Oh, that's too bad. We people, only work, uh, we only people work four France, days a week. We haven't had a face for Oh, no. Give me some wine.
1: People of France, send your hate tweets to at PC uh, that That's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm in favor of the four-day work week, so, I, you know, there's that. But, uh, Dave, pull yourself together. Why, why is this a story, then? Because um, I actually do think it's a story in, in in relation to some of the things we've talked about previously on the show in regards to studio, studio releases versus streaming releases and that sort of tug of war there. France has made it very clear that if you're going to release something in our theaters, you don't get to then put it in people's homes right away. Are they are they beholden to studios in that regard? Movie theaters? what What's going on? You're the lawyer here. Tell us
2: all about the French Laws. Oh, PC Tony does not give a shit. That is, uh, what and I... you
1: can send all of your anti-racism tweets to one at Attitude Ag. <laughs> How's that right racist? I don't know. If that's we're, racist. But... We're impersonating... dropping a phony
3: accent. That's racist, we're... even if no. white people do. Patrick, we're impersonating Pepelu. It's, it's skunkism. Oh
1: yeah, that's that's totally it's skunkism, okay. Yes. That makes it better.
2: Uh, I I don't know what their laws are on the on the topic as to why they're deciding that. Seventeen months 17, It seems so arbitrary and random, doesn't it? Why 17 months? Why not? That's like a year and five months. Why not a year? Why not a year and a half? I, I, I have no idea. But um, while Tony's correct in that Americans probably don't give a shit because, hey, as long as I get to see it, uh, Disney probably does care, because that's an impact on the global market and how much they're going to make in theaters off of this. I know the article talks about similar problems in China. Where China's just basically like review bomb the shit out of the last seven MCU entries that have come out trying to I don't I don't know what their end game is. Well
1: oh, <laughs> that's a that's a political propaganda issue. Yeah. That that is very different. It's the same thing with um but like pleasing China, which has become this really messed up
3: I don't even know. When it's, everybody it's else just, you- this, when everybody owes you that much money, it's hard to be happy. Uh, but Dave, I would tell you that 17 months is how long it takes a movie to properly ferment. Okay,
2: I can I can uh, sort of agree with that, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm not sure what why France does it. Like, I mean, what's yeah? I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around that. 17 months. Okay, you get a movie in there. How long? I wonder. It'd be interesting to look up how long do movies actually stay in theaters in France as opposed to. Like the United States, you know, do they, are they, you know, are they, are they typically there for twice as long as in the United States? I don't know. It seems like France just not not adjusting to the times either. You know, it's like this is an entirely different model. Um, I can't imagine that this law just came into effect post pandemic. It has to be has to be on the books per- preceding that. I, I can't imagine it doesn't. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand from a legal standpoint what they gain from that. There's got to be some sort of deal somewhere that somebody made that that benefits theaters. But I, as far as what it is, I have no idea. It doesn't. From our standpoint, what we know about you know the streaming services in the United States, it makes zero sense. So I I got nothing for you, Pat, as far as like what the legal the re- legal basis no. behind that. I like well, I don't know. It's
1: it's inter- I I do wonder if it's something. I I wonder if it's something akin to, maybe not the studios so much, but movie theaters, because that's that's the tug of war. Like we're acting like the like like we're acting like this is some big mystery. We just don't have a law in the books here in the United States that talks about a theatrical release. But this is basically what you know Villanueva wanted to have happen with Doom, right? Like don't have it so available after a release because because films now it staggers me how fast they go to streaming uh by 30 days in some cases elvis the elvis movie the baz lerman elvis movie was released but end of july early august and it's now streaming on hbo max and part of that is the change in technology and where things have gone you know We've also talked like back in the 80s, and this is again, I get it a million years ago. If a movie was popular, it could still make money, it would stay in the theaters and not get released on streaming. In fact, it happened this year. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Top Gun Maverick is still in theaters. You can still go see Top Gun Maverick in theaters in certain locations, and it is still not streaming yet. Uh, It has not hit Paramount Plus. Well, and I'm assuming
2: that's where it's going to go because that's where Top Gun
3: is currently. Playing. You can now you can, you movie, can buy it
2: now, but yeah, you can't stream it.
3: Star right. of the movie, Miles Teller, right? is yeah. hosting. He's hosting Saturday Night Live, the premiere episode of the season, this coming Saturday, and he doesn't have another movie coming out. Right.
1: And he just had one hell of a summer, right? He and Tom Cruise. So... So I don't know. It just it may be that it's just an archaic model, and so in and, and France's response to the the streaming network was trying to do what they believe to be a fair business practice to theaters, if that makes sense. So who knows? uh you know, Dirty Dancing was in the theaters forever when it hit in the '80s. And of all films, like it just was in there. It seemed like month after month you could catch it. So. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I do think it's interesting to see how that plays out and what Disney ultimately decides. I personally think it would be foolish of them to not put it in theaters and allow it to wait on streaming. That's just me. Get that sweet box office revenue since that seems to be where the industry wants to get back to. All right. Let's go to another pissing contest. As Dave said, Dave, you sent all the articles of pissing contests. I want to say this week in the the bandwagon. This this one's a little
2: more than just a pissing contest though, but go ahead. So basically
1: I do believe it's in Europe, Microsoft in its, you know, attempt to acquire Blizzard and it's bid to acquire Blizzard uh, has run into a little bit of a snag over it overseas. Uh, However, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella is confident that the company's proposed $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard will be approved by regulators. It seems to be a problem in Europe, not in the United States. He then turns and points the finger at Sony uh, because the argument against their merger seems to be coming from Sony that it would significantly impact sort of the free market and free competition in the video game industry between the two companies. Basically, Sony being like, if this happens, we won't be able to have Activision Blizzard games on PlayStation, you know, PlayStation systems, Sony systems. Microsoft is being like, yo, Sony's doing this with all kinds of other stuff. If they truly wanted to be competition, they'd let us make it a competition. So that's kind of the basic argument. Dave, cool.
2: who's right? I think, I mean, we probably haven't. Tony's right. Tony's right. Of course, uh, we haven't talked about this this merger probably enough on there. This is this is a massive. Well,
1: DPP left the show, so oh, yeah, like we all, no longer have Dan's our fault. video game experts.
2: Send your hate tweets to add it's me DPP. Uh, but you know, you're talking about Activision Blizzard and Microsoft is a is one of those mergers that yeah, that's an industry changer. I would say, and, and the fact that it's getting scrutinized. And I think it's getting, I know this article was more directed towards Europe, but I do think the merger is under scrutiny everywhere. You know, I don't think it's gone through yet. So they're still mulling it over, but yeah, from Sony's standpoint, they're like Sony's big concern of course, is you get this merger taken on Activision, Blizzard, call of duty franchise, huge, massive franchise that Sony's concerned that that's going to vanish from the PlayStation. Uh, the article makes it clear they're looking at the mobile aspect. They want to get all that Candy Crush money. That's a massive, I mean, I don't play it anymore, but that's a huge, huge game. Um, you know, you got World of Warcraft about to celebrate its 19th year of existence and still going strong. You've got Diablo you've got uh, Overwatch you've got uh Starcraft if they ever bring that back so it's a it's a big huge deal for Microsoft to get the exclusive it goes back to what we've t- and we've talked about it on the show before amongst ourselves is exclusivity still a thing in the video game industry because they start off console exclusive and then quickly go on to everything you know like MLB the Show shows up on Xbox now so It's one of those situations where Sony's looking at this from the standpoint of, oh, man, you know, if this happens, it's really going to change the competitive balance of this. And Microsoft trying to do, you know, to take something from musical chairs, Pat, be their own spin doctors on this thing and saying, oh, wait, no, no. Sony's clearly the biggest out of all of us so far. And it's like console sales. Yes. When you talk about software, it's a different ballgame there. So I, I can see why. Sony's very concerned about this. I can see why Microsoft is is trying to <laughs> paint it a certain way to kind of dis- distract from the fact that this is a industry changing merger that's about to go down. Um, so I-, I get both sides uh, of the coin. I think Sony's probably I-, I I would lean in Sony's favor on this thing. I think that there is a very legitimate concern that if this goes down, it changes the competitive balance massively. Nintendo's just sitting back going whatever because they're almost immune to this stuff. But between those two, yeah, it's a pretty big deal.
1: Tony, do you give more or fewer shits about this than you do about Black Panther not playing in France?
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Patrick. You know me so well. I All I really care about is that it benefits the gaming community, the, the the consumers, right? If it forces one or the other company to go ahead and be more creative to catch up and fill in the gaps... And that makes something even better, right? Like, look at what happened. We, Sorry, but we always go back to wrestling. Look at what happened when WCW started kicking some ass. It fucking made Vince McMahon reach down deep and fucking get creative and get better. So sometimes when you're put in a corner, you create shit that's so good that you could have never done without that happening. I don't know. Sony's a little bit too big to fail and Microsoft hasn't really been hitting it out of the park, but it would be really big if, if, if they made it happen.
1: As someone who used to play video games, I almost care about this news story. Uh, so there, there, you go. I, I realize this when I got a little. It'll. Be, I, I think that honestly, this is a very similar issue to what we talked about the other day with with the streaming markets. That you've got your big three. We're we're gonna see we're gonna see some consolidations, and, and some things are gonna happen within these you know these video game producing companies um software notwithstanding and it'll it'll continue to be normal to us as a consumer because i think at the end of the day as consumers we already have this certain level of like brand loyalty to what we buy and and i because like i remember i used to buy i bought sony playstation one because square makes for a long time was exclusive to sony and then when it stopped, it, you know, no longer became special, but that, that was the thing. Like that was a very real thing. So I, I honestly don't see this as any different than, okay, if I really want these games, I, I buy Microsoft, if I really want these games, uh, I will still argue until I'm blue on that base that Sony makes a better console product than Microsoft. I have never been impressed by the Xbox, but that's
0: just
2: me. I have a question for you guys. Does the no. fact that, Okay. Does the fact that Ted Lasso's in the next FIFA game make you more inclined to buy it or not?
3: No, I think I'm more so inclined, and I think people that I've talked to that haven't even played Tiger Woods for a while or golf games at all are more inclined to buy that because Michael Jordan is in it. Um, I think that, I mean, like, so you like Ted Lasso, and then you buy the game, and what, you get a three-minute clip that you could have watched on YouTube? You You're not going to, like... You don't have a field of Ted Lasso's to play soccer that are just out there cracking jokes while they're fucking kicking the ball around.
1: I, and you're looking at the guy who was more excited about the news that the upcoming College Football 24 was going to have the transfer portal as part of the new EA Sports College NCAA football thing.
3: Like, like, I'm, like it wasn't easy enough game. to make yourself good in any fucking video football game. Right. We're just gonna, well, let's throw the transfer porter in there. Hey, you know, realism, man.
1: If I want to take Alabama's starting quarterback in the transfer portal, I'm going to do it. Come to champagne. All right. Let's get to the last piece of information out of the Netflix streaming event to Dumb. We had a couple of bits of Witcher news for those of us who are still in on the Witcher. So, again, Tony, if you want to relax and watch football because you hate the Witcher now, that's fine. However, Dave, first of all, we. Received word that this December, The Witcher Blood Origin, the prequel series for The Witcher, starring Michelle Yeoh, who is, you know, you want to speak, you want to talk about top-notch actors, uh, you know, what, you know, not sorry, everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, really putting her back on the, on, on the map in a big, big way. She has taken the lead in Witcher Blood Origin. We get that in December. And then season three of The Witcher, we get a release window of. It appears next fall. And we got a timeline, Dave. I like timelines. I'm excited. Give us some more Witcher. Toss the coin. And unlike Tony, I fucking love season So I don't know what he was watching. To get all blah and bored with it, get the fuck out yeah, of town. You
2: know, Tony hates France. He hates Lock and Key. He hates The Witcher. He hates lots of these things that we really like. Remember, send your hate tweets to at PC Tunny. Uh yeah, I, 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 the fact that the new series comes out in December, I think is cool because it is. You know, we've covered the first two seasons of The Witcher. I was with you, Pat. I enjoyed, I enjoyed season two a lot. Probably not as much as season one, but it was close. Uh, But it doesn't matter because we left off in such a place where it's like, okay, let's get to Season 3. I know um, some of the Witcher fan Twitter pages that I follow have confirmed that they have concluded filming. I don't think that there's any debate about that now. Now, like you're saying, I think the release window's summerish, fall, 2023. Really not that far away. One year, you think about it. So we're going to get more Witcher. But it's a universe that's got a lot more uh, legs to it. And this prequel, I think, is going to show us the... Uh, what is it? The convergence is that what they're talking about in the prequel, the that they've mentioned in the uh, in the regular series. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely give me more Witcher. It, it is a universe I want to dive deeper into, other than just the games or the comics. Tony hates it all. I understand that, but uh, I'm I'm
3: into it. So, so Tony, why do you poo poo the Witcher so? I just didn't enjoy the second season. I just like, I liked the dynamic of the first season between the witcher and the bard and, you know, and still chasing the girl and then kind of all went to shit, you know, was it cause um,
2: Jasper wasn't involved as much in season two? Did that water it down for you or
3: no, I, I just, I guess I did. Wasn't as enthralled with the relationship between him and, and the girl as I was with him trying to get to that point and, and, what he did along the way with the people he met and, and interacted with. So I guess I was just a bigger fan of the earlier part of that story. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, I find it season.
1: interesting. And you know, we're, we're yanking your chain and we're giving you a hard time. About oh, it. No. Like yeah, it's all good. for me, like I'm kind of the opposite. Like I liked the search and the hunt, but also loved him being challenged by this like strong world will child. Like him trying,
3: try to father to two child teach her to be a witcher even though she's you know, not supposed to be a witcher like and, and I'm the guy who can't get it to watch, get himself to you know sit through Lord of the Rings right And but I'm also the sitcom guy not that you aren't sitcom guys and not that I don't like things like Lord of the Rings but that's kind of a cross section of, of our fandoms that kind of explains a little bit of that did you stick Ring, with of, Rings of,
1: of power? power by the way heck of a show Yeah. did, you, did really you stick did. with
2: Rings of Power Tony or did you stop
3: the power of the rings.
1: He's still watching. He's still watching the, the knockoff, uh, you know, span. I no, I did not. That's fair. I'm surprised you got through an episode to be blunt. Like that. You got that far. Minor miracle. I'm two episodes behind myself. So I actually, uh, I spent my, my weekend finishing Cobra Kai, uh, and then rewatching the 1984 all Valley tournament where, uh, Upon reflection, by the way, I've also watched the first three episodes of Andor. I I haven't yet. I'm like, there's I've watched uh, watched one. That's what I meant. It's getting some really mixed,
2: mixed stuff right now.
1: Uh, not critically. It's getting mixed stuff from fanboys who want somebody to shoot a fucking blaster every five seconds. It's not that show. It's a spy show. Like it is. You're not going to get a lot of pew pew. So get over yourself. Fucking watch the show for what it is, and not what you want it to be. Stop deciding that you know what a show should be, basement dwellers, until you've actually watched the goddamn show. It's a spy show, it's about the beginning of the rebellion. And, and uh, oh, I, I bet you I know the other people who are really pissed off white dudes who think the show is too political because heaven forbid they go back and watch Star Wars, a movie with literal stormtroopers influenced by Nazi Germany. And say that that wasn't political. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to soapbox that today. Uh, Oh, no, no, fuck it. I'm going to soapbox it. Get over your fucking selves, you piece of shits. Watch the goddamn show. Take some time and learn something for a change. And quit being little bitches about everything. Your world isn't the only world.
2: This is why I love love Patrick. I'm not going to politicize it, even though I just did. And now I'm going to run back. It's a political show. Star Wars is a political show. It was they've been Absolutely.
1: political movies. You know which. You know which Star Wars movies weren't political. The shitty sequel trilogy. The shitty sequel trilogy, not political at all. You because go. you know what? They make no goddamn sense. No goddamn sense at all.
2: But no, like you, Zilch. Zilch. Not like, you know, how we kind of talked about how there's so much to watch. How do you prioritize? This is a perfect example. Like, yeah, I need to get through the other two episodes of Andor. Oh, I got to get through the other two episodes of Rings of Power. They're each an hour long. I got to watch House of Dragon. You know, it's just there's so much. Oh, see, right
1: I, I, I skipped House of Dragon. I'm my the bitter taste left in my mouth by Game of Thrones. I will watch that. Everybody on my own says,
2: time says this is better, though, Pat. I'm just going on what care. people are saying. No.
1: Every, every I, I I have to make a decision, right? Like you just said, I had to make a decision. I chose
3: different shows. I'm not telling you to watch it like after we're done recording this today immediately, Patrick. But I what I will tell you is, I was really skeptical because I loved Game of Thrones, and when I saw the previews for House of the Dragon, I was like, Oh, these people like aren't appealing to me. But I watched the first episode and. It's very good storytelling. You'll get to it when you get to it. But I'm saying you won't be disappointed when you do.
1: Ah, I've been hurt before. First three seasons were great of Game of Thrones.
3: Don't forget that, everybody.
2: First three seasons
3: were great. Dave, Commanders have two on the board. Sorry, continue with this I one. that. I saw that. How do you get Wait, 24 to 24? It's
2: like a baseball score.
1: Uh, all right. Well, anyway, I'm just going to move forward. And head into our last segment, which is just a kind of a moment for us. Uh, you know, Ray sort of hit it on the head about patting ourselves on the back. Uh, 150 episodes, guys. Here we are. I, honestly, I thought we'd be done after 10. And yet we're we're looking at 150 around this around here. And so, you know, for me, I just want to say thank you guys. Uh, and you know, I know we'll have other milestone episodes. We're wrapping up our third year in a few episodes as well. But you know, to echo a lot of what Ray said back, you know, before he left, I, I really do have a lot of fun putting this show together. I really do have a lot of fun talking to you guys every Sunday afternoon, and it's it's been quite a it's been quite a ride for Nerddom. Uh, And so, thank you. And to everyone who listens, you know, just thank you for continuing to tune in. Uh, Thank you for following us. Thank you for listening to us. would love for you to continue to listen to us and give us feedback as as we go. Follow our Twitter account. Uh, We do need more than 27 followers. We need more votes on whatever poll we put up next. And as I always say, because in true nerd fashion, nerds are really good at this, by the way. Nerds are really good at being like, we should do this We should do this thing. And we're really good about doing it for, like, a couple of weeks. And then just kind of falls off. That's the bandwagon nerds Twitter field. Like, it is true nerd Twitter though That we, we go through surges of, like, postings, and then we fade. And then we surge again, and then we fade. Uh, and then we surge, and, and then we fade. But through it all. I'm glad everyone. Glad, we have a uh, glad the dogs are excited to be a part of 150 episodes of bandwagon nerds. It wouldn't be an episode of bandwagon nerds without them. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Listener. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Tony for, for showing up as Keanu Reeves, once told a bunch of inner city youth children at a baseball game, he
3: showed up. I'm, I'm amazed at your ability to show up. All right.
1: Uh all through my tyrannical rule at bandwagon nerds. So thank you, Tony Davis stepped away to take care of the dogs. Take a moment to reflect on 150 episodes of bandwagon nerds.
3: Yeah. I mean, the biggest compliment that this show receives is the fact that everybody that's on it it is like, this is just a fun thing to come and do. Right. Um, probably a little less fun for Patrick and Dave on certain situations, because as someone who knows what it's like to be responsible for the content that's being provided, some weeks are harder than others. And sometimes you feel more of an obligation to perfect something or get your idea out there. And, and that can be difficult. And in saying that, that's why I want to give kudos to the two of you guys, because this is your show, right? This is the two of you. You guys are one in putting this out, you know, and, Patrick takes the lead most of the time but I mean you know if there was no Dave and, and and there was no Patrick there would be no show so it's just something that's amazing for what we're all trying to do together in the Cheershot Radio Network and I mean I make time for it I arrange my golf around it just to speak to the you know a testament to it and and if Packer games are on I'm still going to be here and that's kind of the biggest compliment I can give that is that this is just fun and informative and we talk about fun stuff and we get out of the box and, and and hit some other things too. And at the same time, the friendships that we have really are displayed here without that. It, it, you know, it's almost nothing. It's, it's kind of like the whole chair shot radio network. It's like, like DWI, it's about the guys having fun together. Right. So it's, it's, it's a great thing. And, and I knew this show was going to last a while and I'm not just saying that, but I knew because you guys do good shit so cheers to both of you and cheers to 850 more on your march to 1000 thank you dave
2: i don't think i'll live that long but uh we'll see how it works out but no this is a yeah from where the show started to kind of the way it's evolved over time to uh to where we are now it's been it's been a tremendously fun ride i've learned a ton from from Patrick, from you Tony, from Ray, from all you guys, I mean, you know, I discovered streaming because of this show. I had no idea there was so much content out there, and now it 's like <laughs> not one of these ones like talking today. Uh, what do I prioritize? What do I watch next? What do I do um, there's so much good stuff out there i mean we I, I think the show has paralleled the explosion in streaming very well i mean if, if you go back to the beginning of this of the podcast and watch how we kind of paralleled the way the industry has changed. And, and I still, I mean, the biggest accomplishment, 150 episodes with the heart of this show coming during the pandemic where we had to make this shit up as we went along, because there was not a lot going on and we made it managed to keep the show interesting and engrossing from one week to the next until, yeah, until theaters reopened. And then I think we've had to adjust the last year as, industry has exploded is an understatement so yeah it's been fun I, you know of course thank you to pat for everything that he does thank you Tony, for all your work and your advice and and i mean whether you hate france or not is irrelevant at this point but uh-huh. it's, it's been uh it's been a fun ride i'm looking forward to the next you know we get season four coming up and and to see where things go and and to uh You know, to see kind of how things evolve again, you know, we got we got some stuff to look forward to at the back end of the year. We've got whatever the end of the year awards. We're going to call them streamies or I've gotten an idea for a name as well. We'll see how we come up with that. But um, it won't be the swaggies, Tony. Attitude of Aggression's already trademarked that shit. Fucking assholes. But, you know, uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I mean, Wakanda forever is going to be one of those watershed moments I think we got coming up pretty soon that will be worth covering but yeah thanks to you guys thanks to everybody who turns into the show and listens to it all 28 of you um but yeah i I, and and you know i think the the show was very instrumental in getting the entertainment prong of the chairshot.com going at sports it is
3: is the entertainment we are the we are the entertainment oh i mean yeah i but yeah you guys that's big kudos big time
1: thank you thank you tony and thank you dave And, again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. I I want to take Ray's advice, guys, and just encourage everyone. I know that's a shock. And encourage everyone to follow Bandwagon Nerds on the Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds and make sure to continue to listen to us every Monday as, as we bring you this entertainment for about an hour and a half to two hours every single Monday. Thank you very much, everyone. That's going to do it for episode 150 of Bandwagon Nerds. Come back next week uh, when we start our coverage of Lock and Key, much to PC Tony's disappointment and all of the other great stuff. And until then, get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and celebrate yourselves as great people and listeners of this program. We couldn't do it without you. This has been Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the dot. Oh.
4: make up your mind decide to walk with me around the lake tonight around the lake tonight by my
0: Not your skill at bargaining. No deal. Just information. Just information! Go on. But trick us
3: again, child. and Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell.